I want to talk to you today about certainty in an uncertain world. Certainty in an uncertain world. For we are living in an uncertain world. You just look around you. Turn on your television, look at the news, 6 o'clock news. And by the way, don't believe everything they tell you. But you look at that and it flicks from one country to another. And all you see is uncertainty. And the politicians, he's standing up and promises, we will give you certainty. Vote for me and I will give you certainty. <laughs> but they can't do that because they don't know. I mean, we can just see it. I mean, I can keep you here for hours to talk about that. But we are living in uncertain times. Um, people are talking about normals and new normals. Some people say, you know, here in Victoria, we're wearing masks. If you go out of your house, it's going to continue for the next three years. How do they know? Who told them that? Nobody knows the future. And it's so interesting for me that people comes with, certainly, this is the certain word that I give you. We can stand on this word, but tomorrow it cracks and it falls down. So it is so typical that we can preach today about certainty in an uncertain world. Now, thinking about this, when I meditated upon the message, the, the quote from Benjamin Franklin came back to me. <clears throat> you remember when they wrote the Constitution? The same Constitution that they are challenging so much in America right now, the, the left wing, the cancel culture, defund the police, yeah, you know, those Democrats, you know, from that side, they're challenging the, the Constitution. That same Constitution, back in the day when it was written, Benjamin Franklin said the following. He said, our new Constitution is now established. They've written it. It's established. And has an appearance that promises permanency. But in this world, nothing can be said to be certain except death and taxes. Oh, Benjamin, if you would have known that your words is still relevant today. What Benjamin was telling us, he was saying that we are living in uncertain times, in an uncertain world. And that is so true. We are still living in an uncertain world. There's still things happening in the world that you and I do not know how they're going to end. Well, let me just say, in your life, you don't even know where you're going to be next week, next month, next year. I mean, when I grew up as a boy, as a schoolboy there in South Africa, in Transvaal, sitting there in an African school, I didn't know what my future would hold. And here I'm now, I've lived in three countries and I speak English. And I preached the word of God in English. I wouldn't have been able to tell you that back then. No, no. My life was uns as uncertain as yours was at that age. And each one of you, each one that I can think of has got a story to tell. But riddled right through that story is uncertainty as an underlying current in all of our lives. And here we live in it. You know, we're sitting in a COVID. You wouldn't have, eight months ago, you wouldn't have predicted 
that we would be sitting here, a lot of people locked down in their homes, the whole world grinding to an end. Who would have thought when you see all of these at one stage, I had an app to see all the airplanes in the air. There were thousands and thousands at one stage in the air. Now it nearly came to a halt. Who would have predicted that? Uncertainty, my friend. What, are you going to the streets of Melbourne tomorrow and you, you're going to ask people if they've got a job, if they've got a future? Uncertainty. You're going to some old age homes now, right over this country of ours, and speak to older people who's been neglected there, some of them by their children, in old age homes. You go and talk to them and they haven't got an, a certainty for their future in the next month to say two or three. So we're living in uncertain times. Benjamin Franklin was correct when he said that. You see, uncertainty <clears throat> brings its own stresses to you and me. And another word for stress is tension. It, it, it heaps up tension and anxiety and it brings pressure upon us. That's what uncertainty do. And you see, uncertainty damages your mental well-being if it's unchecked. This is what I want to talk to you today about. For some people, it's been a while now where they, they are locked down and they are in, in this uncertain world. And my question today is, how is your mental well-being? If it's unchecked and you leave it and you don't do things about it, it can be dangerous. You see, this uncertainty will damage it. And it will challenge your capacity to predict and to plan to be effective. And we are people. Our baseline of people is to be effective. We want to be effective. But uncertainty challenges that. It challenges you to predict and then to work into an effectiveness. And that's the basic of who we are. We want to be people who are effective. You see, within this body is a wonderful thing. It's called the brain and God gave us this brain. And the brain is there to protect us. If, uh, if I put, if I step on your toe, the brain's going to tell your little pinky toe to, it's hurting and it's going to tell your leg to pull away. That's what the brain, brain do. It goes into survival mode. And that's the same that happens when you are uncertain. Your brain goes into survival mode. How does it do it? If there's uncertainty within your brain, it can't determine what's safe and what is not safe. And then it goes in and it makes up stories. It starts hundreds and hundreds of stories in your mind. And you start telling yourself these stories. And these stories, if they are unchecked, is not good. It damages your, your mental well-being. You see, uncertainty always assumes the worst is going to happen. Or it jumps to conclusions. And we've all been there. We've all been in a situation where we did not know in a certain case what the end result is going to be. But we told ourselves it's going to be bad. It's going to be really bad. And we jump to conclusion. And you know what he does? He, we over-personalize the whole situation. 
and we put ourselves center into that problem and we shouldn't have been into the center of that problem. But your brain tries to protect us and it keeps on pumping these stories out. What if? What if that happens? And then that happens. And we see it now. We see it happening all over us. The brain tries to protect by telling stories. And we always make it worse than it is. The eye is trained to see what the eye needs to see. Think about that. Let me give you an example. I've been looking for a new car a while ago. And me and my lovely wife walked into the dealership and we saw a Volkswagen Caddy. I've never seen a Caddy before, honestly. But when I looked at the car and I looked it through, I liked it. I thought, geez, this is really good. Why is this the first time I saw it? And then we got in the car as we drove away from the dealership. We didn't buy it there and then. But in the next week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, guess what? I saw them everywhere on the roads. I said to her, there's a caddy. There's a caddy. There's a caddy. Now, the question is, why didn't I see them before? Because the eye wasn't trained to see it before. But now that I like it, now I can see it. Same with the ear. The ear is trained to hear what the ear needs to hear. Why am I saying this? We're living in an uncertain world. Your brain is making up all of these stories because we're in lockdown. When we were not in lockdown, we could go out and we can measure our stories against other people and their opinions will form our opinions. But now we are locked down. And even now, if you want to talk to somebody, you speak through a face mask to them and you can't even read the face. Because here's another thing about language or speaking. 70% of something that you say is your body expression talks about it. 7% is your words. Now we've taken that away with a mask. Okay, so now we haven't got all of those things. We're sitting isolated. Our brain is running at a fast pace, throwing out these stories and worse stories than that. And it's jumping to conclusions because it wants to protect you trying to predict the future so that you can be effective. So what happens now? Well, it's not there. And now we turn on the television and the eye is trained to see what the eye needs to see. And the first thing we see is the numbers is going up. There's so many more deaths. And then they go over to another country and it's the same there. And they go to another country and it's the same there. And you're so afraid by then, you just want to sit in your house with your mask on. Because you feel this, this virus is coming through the airwaves, it's coming through the walls, it's coming through the TV. This is what happens when you do not check your mental state. You turn on the radio and all you hear is what you train your ear to hear and you listen to all of these things. The worst things is going to happen and this guy said that and that guy says this. That we need to protect what God has given us. So it makes it worse because we're living in uncertain times. Benjamin Franklin was right. But then if you look at Benjamin Franklin's quote that he said, he said the only one thing that is sure or that is certain is death and taxes. Wow, that's something to look forward to. 
that's a little bit demoralizing. That's a little bit negative. That's a bit so so discouraged, one would say. I mean, to look forward to death. It's not as if I wake up in the morning and I go, maybe today's the day. Wow, I'm going to die today. No, that's not how we live. And God didn't make us to live that way. He made us to lie, to be alive. I wake up in the morning and I go, this is the day that the Lord has made and I shall worship and praise Him in this day. Um, and taxes. How sad. But dear Mr. Benjamin Franklin, I've got good news today in 2020. I've got a certainty that I'm holding on to. And let me talk about him for you now. His name is Jesus. Elohim, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He is the Son of God who was with the Father, the Bible says in John 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and in Him was life, and that life was the light to man. And in verse 14, he says that He came and He dwelled amongst us, the Son of God. But then also, He is the Son of Man, because He chose for Himself that title more than any other title. When He talks about Himself, He talks about the Son of Man. Why? Because He came to the earth, and He lived amongst us, and He reached from the earth up to heaven. He ascended on high, He sits on the right hand of God, and now He's our High Priest. And listen to this, He reaches out day by day, He intercedes for us. Praise the Lord. His name is Jesus. Hebrews 13 verse 5. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Hebrews 13 5. Be content with such things as you have. Be content with such things as you have. Oh, but preacher, you don't know my circumstances. I'm sitting locked down now. I want to get out. I want to. I know that. I get that. But be content. Why don't you pause just now? Pause now. Pause the video and go and pray for five minutes to a half an hour, thanking God for what you've got. Be content with such you have. For He Himself said, "I will never leave nor forsake you." Benjamin Franklin said, uncertain world, I say to you, yes, we're living in an uncertain world, but this is certain, that he will never leave nor forsake you if you call yourself a child of God. He will not leave nor forsake you. How wonderful is that? That is a certainty. That is a certainty in an uncertain world. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Why don't you start saying that? The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. Remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow. Consider the outcome of their conduct. Now listen to this now. If you want some certainty in an uncertain world, here it is. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today and forever. Praise the Lord. You can shout hallelujah. That is certainty in an uncertain world. I hear people talk about a lot of stuff these days. But what really hits me is they do not talk about Jesus anymore. Jesus. The sweetest name I know. The certainty in my life. 
Here is someone who will not change. Yesterday, today and forever. Listen, Psalm 102.25 Of old you laid the foundation of the earth. Who laid that? God laid it. Of old you laid the foundation of the earth. And the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will endure. They will perish, but you will endure. What will perish? The nature, the world will perish. But who will endure? He will endure. Why? Because he's certain. He will endure. And it's so wonderful. He says, And they will all grow old like a garment. Like a cloak you will change them. And they will be changed. Praise God. When he changed this old cloak of mine. And he gave me a rope of righteousness. He took my old tattered garments. And gave me a a rope of pure white. He says, And they will be changed. But you are the same and your years will have no end. I've got good news for you, brother and sister. I've got certainty for you, dear friend. His name is Jesus. But wait a minute. You don't want to hear that. You don't want to hear that. You don't want certainty, do you? Of course you want that. It's the only thing that's going to last. Malachi 3.6 For I am the Lord. This is him now speaking. In Psalm, the psalmist wrote it. Here he says, the Lord, for I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. You know, there's a movement going on in the world currently now. It's called cancel culture. Cancel culture. Let them change the, the, the history. They go in and they, they want to get all of the books out of the library and burn them and write new, new ones. They want to they pull down statues all over the world of all of these people in history. They pull down the statues and they roll them into the sea. They jump on them. They take all of their wrath out of, on, on these bricks. Those people are already dead. They're dead. It's not as if they're going to heard about that. You're rolling this thing on to satisfy yourself. Cancel culture. How can you do that? But anyway, let's say you do that. Let, let, let me just say, I've got news for you. Look, look at me. I've got news for you. You will not be able to change God and Jesus Christ. He's yesterday, today, and forever the same. And we have that certainty. I don't get upset if they pull down a statue. I don't get upset. I used to. It used to really upset me. But then I realized, my God is not a God of statues. No, no, no. In the Bible, he wrote, he says, do not make a statue of me. No. Am I against statues? No. You can have your statues. Back in Rome, when when Paul walked through Athens, there were all these statues. Where are they today? Didn't he say that In the previous, in Psalm 102, he says, And all will perish. So don't get upset when they pull down these statues and these things. Know for sure they will not be able to change Jesus Christ. They won't be able to change God. Praise the Lord. That encourages me. That is certainty. For you will, I I will not change. He says, therefore, you are not consumed, sons of Jacob. Numbers. Chapter 23, verse 19 says, God is not a man that he would lie. 
Now, listen to this. God is not a man that he would lie. So if he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, then God still doesn't lie. And he will never lie because he's not a man that he would lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do or has he not spoken and will he not make it good? God will do that. That's a certainty. Now, I can preach for another hour. And I can tell you of all of the promises that God has made for you. His child. He said, I will never leave nor forsake you. He said that. And that's what he will do. He said that, he, you know, the hair on your head is counted. And you, and you are precious to him. And you are. He said that nobody can touch you until they get permission from him. And so it is. Go and read about Job. All of it is there. But you know, it is so certain. I want to give you this verse to encourage you a little bit more. And that is in Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10. He says, Do not sorrow for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Do not sorrow for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And I want to say that to you. Now, by far, I don't want to use that scripture verse out of context. I want to bring it into context because back in the day when Nehemiah went and they established again the nation of God coming out of, out of captivity, the people came together and they asked Nehemiah to read to them the words of God. There in chapter 8, you can go and read it for yourself. But they asked him and they got all the people together in one place and they built a little pulpit there and it went on and they just, no preaching, just read the word of God. The law to the people. The people by then were sinners. They, they had not had the opportunity to repent or to come to God and to give their sacrifices to God. But by just reading the law to them, they were cut to the heart. They were sorrowful. They started to cry. They started to weep. But then... Then uh, Nehemiah comes and he says, this is not the day of sorrow. This is a holy day. This is the day of the Lord. And, and then he says this word, do not sorrow. Do not sorrow. I want to say to you today, wherever you are sitting, do not sorrow. And, and I know, I speak to a few people and they say, I want to serve God. I want to get out there. I want to get in, into the community. And I want to get into church. I want to feel the brothers and sisters. I get that. But do not sorrow, brother and sister. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Now I can preach about that scripture verse again for an hour. Because you know you can ask yourself. What is the joy of the Lord that we're talking about here? What is the joy of the Lord? Let me just tell you. There you are sitting in your house. And we are all locked down in uncertain times. But this is a certainty you've got. The joy of the Lord. These people were sinners. But... God gave them mercy and grace. That brings joy. Mercy and grace. So wherever you are sitting today, dear friend, and you feel uncertain about the future, know this, you've got mercy and grace of God. May that bring your joy. And may it bring your strength. 
Isaiah said in 41 verse 10, he says, fear not, for I am with you. God cannot lie. That's what the Bible said. And he says, fear not, I'm with you. Be not dismayed, for I'm your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. All these things we need to take as a certainty today. I know, I know some people will say, but hey, well, don't come with me with that God thing. You can't even see him. Oh yes, but you can. Don't be deceived. The Bible says it's only the fool who deny that there is God. But for you and for me, brother and sister, oh, I know. Oh, I know is his children. I'm talking to you now. In an uncertain world, we've got certainty. And I've got so many more scriptures that I can share with you that I had to cut out just not to keep on, on too long. Matthew chapter 6, 25, that old chapter there. He says it right there. He says, I say to you, do not worry about your life. Do not worry about your life. Why would people worry about their life? It's because of the uncertainty of the next day, of the next week, of the next month. And that then starts to influence your mental state. And then again, I come back to how I started. Your brain tries to protect you and it starts forming all of these stories. And you jump to conclusions and you see what is worse. This is why Jesus, you know, he just said, do not worry about your life. Why do I not worry about your life? Because of the certainty that you've got Jesus in your life. That is it. You don't need anything more than that. What you will eat, what you will drink, he says. And, and you know what? I want you to go and read Matthew chapter 6 um, from verse 25 and read it up to verse um, 33. Or, But you see, he says that at one stage, what will it help you? If you worry about tomorrow, you won't even grow taller an inch. Nothing, nothing. And then he says in that same passage, enough of it is in enough in the days of its own trouble. So that's the message for today. And a certainty in an uncertain world. So dear brother and sister, yes, I by, by far say, you know, I'm saying, look what's going on around us. We need to be aware and awake. But when you look at these things, you know for sure that while others are crying with sorrow, we can also cry with sorrow, but with the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. And I pray for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you, Lord, that Jesus is our rock and our salvation, our cornerstone. And he is the certainty we have in this world today. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.